Hey guys, Eric here with uh, Get Fit Podcast of the Week, and to, this week we're talking about hormones. We're starting actually a series on hormones because hormones really have a big effect on success or not having success when it comes to health and fitness. And you know, when it comes to fat loss, which a lot of people want to achieve, is two things have to be there for fat loss. Number one, you have to have caloric deficit. You have to be taken in less calories than you're burning off. It's that simple. It's an energy equation. I don't care if you're eating low-carb, keto. If you're not getting less cardo, car, uh, calories, there we go, then you're taking in or then you're burning off. If you're not taking in less calories and you're burning off, there we go. Get the, get the English right here. Um, you're not going to lose fat, even if you're eating all healthy foods. So you have to be mindful of your caloric intake and make sure that you're at least creating a deficit. That's number one. But number two even if you have a caloric deficit and you don't have good hormone balance, you will not lose body fat. So that's the number two thing we need. We need a good hor- our metabolic hormones to be balanced. Now, the one I'm going to talk about today, I think, is you know pouring through different Fitness Pal uh, entries and food journals. I look at these every single week, and one of the big hormones I think that we can affect is insulin. You know, and a lot of people have heard of insulin when it comes to diabetics that have to take insulin because their body doesn't make it, but it's a very powerful hormone. It's a delivery hormone, and its job is to basically transport glucose, which is your broken down carbohydrate, into the muscle cells and the liver. Now, what happens in American society is we, we create an environment in our body where we produce too much insulin. And we do that through eating the wrong types of foods, which causes our pancreas to, in a sense, kind of freak out. We spike our blood sugar, and our blood sugar goes really high, so our body reacts by, with a high blood sugar spike with a big insulin release, with a proportional response, I guess you could call it. And when we have chronic high levels of insulin, the problem is, is that we, will, we are programmed to store body fat. And I, I like to use this analogy is your muscle cells are like a sponge. Carbohydrate or glucose is like water. And when we put water in a sponge and we fill it up, there's no room left. And think of all your muscle cells filled with carbohydrate. And if we pour more water on that sponge and there's nowhere for it to go, it spills over. And that spillover is what it is like to have high insulin. That spillover is now insulin doesn't have anywhere to jam the sugar and uh, or the broken down carbohydrate and it has to put it somewhere so it becomes fat storage and it's almost like the muscle cells kind of shift they become desensitized to insulin meaning they kind of shut the door and when the insulin delivery shows up basically they're told they have to go take it somewhere else and they they put it in the warehouse which is your fat stores so we have to be mindful of keeping our insulin under control it is a very powerful hormone it can be used to help build muscle but it also has to be you know considered when it's time to burn fat. And so how do we manage insulin? This is so I came up with five key areas that you need to really focus on to manage insulin and get your body insulin sensitive, meaning your body's going to use insulin correctly. A lot of people are what's called insulin resistance. It's almost kind of like alcohol tolerance. It's like their body doesn't recognize insulin. It takes a you know, it doesn't use insulin correctly. Just kind of like when somebody uh, drinks and doesn't feel the effects anymore because um, they have a high tolerance. Well, that's kind of what your body does with insulin, but it, it's not a good thing because now your body's not able to effectively burn fat and build muscle when the insulin's not working right. So, so number one thing with insulin 
is get rid of the refined sugars, all right? And I'm not talking about the sugars in fruits. I'm talking about the sugar that you see in a lot of different products, cereals, yogurts, you know, the false, the fake flavoring. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to use those those caribou and Starbucks drinks, which are probably the absolute worst thing you can drink because usually you have high sugar and saturated fat together, which is a recipe for getting fat. And, uh, you know, the... A lot of the foods, too, that aren't necessarily full of refined sugars, but really function like sugar. So think of pretzels, think of chips, think of, you know, crackers, things like that where you just keep munching and munching away. Those processed type foods break down very quickly in your system, much like refined sugar. So your body is going to look at it the same way. They're not going to look at it if it's sugar or not sugar, but it's because it's a processed carbohydrate like that or, it's an, or if it's something that's instant when it's made instant, like instant rice or instant potatoes, it's been made to cook quick, so it's going to break down quick. So anything that breaks down quick, you might as well just consider it like refined sugar. So we have to really get these things out of our diet or minimize them. I know it's hard to just say completely eliminate them, but sugar is is probably number one, and then most processed carbs are right there with them, the, the pretzels, the chips, the crackers, you know, the things that you'd eat you know, and you keep eating, you never get full. You know, think of that. I use this analogy a lot. Think of if you're at a party and there's a bowl of chips or a bowl, I'm sorry, a bowl of pretzels and a bowl of apples. You know, you never see somebody camp out at the bowl of apples and take the whole bowl of apples down, but somebody could knock down the bowl of pretzels pretty easily. So we have to eliminate those foods. So that's number one. We have to really get those out of our system. And, and one of the things I see people do that's kind of a, it's really a, sa- a sabotage, self-sabotage uh, thing is, well, I'll just have one of these things a day. I'll have one sugar hit a day, or I'll have one of these treats a day. Well, when you do that every day, you get kind of stuck in a proverbial neutral where you spike your blood sugar once a day, and that can throw your blood sugar off. And you want your blood sugar on for an extended period of time. So if you're throwing it off every day, you're going you're gonna to have a hard time gaining or losing fat you're not going to gain fat, but you're going to not lose fat either. So you're kind of stuck in neutral, basically. So, so I had a client years ago. This I, this became really apparent because every day she was having a muffin or she was going to Caribou and having one of those drinks. The rest of her day was all really, really healthy choices and very dialed in. But she wasn't gaining or losing. And I challenged her for two weeks not to have her daily treat. And in two weeks, literally, you could see the definition, the different difference in her body. And that was a big aha moment for me. So don't just don't don't let that. Oh, just one little thing a day isn't a big deal. Uh, just think about not so much the calories, but what's it doing to your hormones. If you're spiking your blood sugar, you're going to drive up insulin. You're going to throw off your body's system and ability to, to fight fat. And, and, you know, and plus, a lot of those things become triggers for people, and they trigger you into more, uh, you know, more bad eating choices. So you have to be aware of that too. Number two, um, don't eat fast. Uh, there's been studies that show when you, when you scarf down your meal, and a lot of people do this. You see them eating in their cars or shoving things down really quick. That will also raise your, your blood sugar level fast, which will also raise your insulin level fast. So you're trying to jam food in there at a high rate. It's kind of like the, the sugar hitting your system. Your food's getting put in there at a high rate, and your body has to respond by trying to manage it with insulin, trying to put, release a bunch of insulin. So slow down your eating. That's number two. Uh, number three is you have to, you have to balance your meals, all right? Your, your meals have to be balanced, and that means you have to have, every meal has to have, I would say, a good carbohydrate and a good protein. And a lot of people don't know what protein is, so good proteins are typically going to be from animal sources, dairy, meat, fish, eggs. Those are going to be your protein sources. 
And what I would say is you want to have for guys at least 30 to 40 grams at a meal and at least 20 to 30 grams of protein at a snack. And women, I say 10 to 20 grams at a snack and about 20 to 30 grams at a meal. So uh, a good way to eyeball that is the size of your palm is for a woman is a good protein. So if you take your palm and measure, that's a good size of a protein source for a woman. Two palm sizes is good for a guy. So why do we want protein at every meal? Because uh, protein actually slows down. It's the hardest nutrient for your body to process and digest, so it slows down the meal. So if you haven't like kind of got the gist here, when the meal gets into your system slower, your blood sugar doesn't rise up as fast, your insulin levels stay much lower. So protein slows everything down. It takes your body the longest to process. So when you're just eating carbohydrate on your own, just like even a good carbohydrate like a banana, it's still going to raise your blood sugar much quicker than if you ate that banana with, let's say, some cottage cheese. So protein at every meal. So you want to balance those meals. And I try to tell people with fat loss, try to, when you look, if you're tracking, carbohydrates and protein grams are equal, close to being gram for gram. They're not going to be ever be exact, but you want to be gram for gram typically is where I like to start people out. Uh, number four, supplementation. Good supplementation is key to insulin sensitivity. So as well as your macronutrition's dialed in, your micronutrition can support that. So it's important to have enough uh, vitamins and minerals on board because those will help support good insulin sensitivity. So omega-3s are good with that piece as well. So fish oils, and I recommend taking four to eight capsules a day. So you're getting 500 to 1,000 milligrams of EPA, DHA. Those help regulate blood sugar. Um, vanadium, which you'll find in a good multivitamin, multimineral, is, is an insulin mimicker, so it'll help kind of mimic insulin get and get the sugar over the cell wall is what we want into the muscle cell, and as well as chromium, very important, and magnesium too. So these are some, some key supplements that I would just look at taking a good multivitamin, multimineral, a calcium, magnesium, and then omega-3 fish oils. Those are some things that can really help improve insulin sensitivity. Also, uh, antioxidants are really important too because if you have a lot of inflammation in your body, a lot of free radical buildup from stress, exercise, pollution, all these sources, what that can do is it takes the, the capillaries that feed the muscle cells. It's kind of like somebody kinks the hose. It creates inflammation in the capillaries. What that does is it's kind of like a kinked hose. And once again, when that sugar is trying to get into the muscle cells, that's where we want it to go. If this hose is kinked, that is going to contribute to insulin resistance. So we want to make sure that we're keeping our body well, uh, you know, well supplied with antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, so that we keep our inflammation levels low and we have all the basically spark plugs to help our insulin work correctly. So that's number uh, four. The last thing I'm going to talk about is this is a big one next to sugar and, and uh, processed foods, I would say I'd kind of put those in the same category because they act a lot like each other. Number five is going to be alcohol consumption. All right. Alcohol is a different type of nutrient than proteins, carbs, or fats. It really doesn't have assigned any type of role. Like at least all those those nutrients have something they can do in your body, but alcohol is seven calories per gram, and it absorbs right through the stomach, so it absorbs very quickly. And it can basically bud in line in front of a lot of the other nutrients, but it can actually send your blood sugar up, just like behave a lot like refined sugar. So if you think about, like I know back in the day when we used to go out and you know have some drinks, We'd always end up at the, you know, getting pancakes afterwards. You always be end up really being hungry. So, so you know, you think about alcohol. Usually, with alcohol, drives up not the best food choices, and it also de- de- diminishes your inhibition to, re- to to make good choices. 
So I would say alcohol is another one you really have to just really minimize if you want to control that insulin. Because typically, and especially a lot of the drinks I see people drink, have a lot of sugar in them too. You'll see a mix alcohol and sugar, that's a deadly combination. If you're out there pounding margaritas and not losing weight, uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. So just a quick recap, we want to manage insulin. Low, more stable, lower insulin is going to help you with fat loss. So cut out the refined sugars and processed foods. Uh, don't eat fast. Balance your meals with protein and carbs. Try to go gram for gram. Uh, do some basic core supplementation. A good multivitamin, multimineral, calcium, magnesium, and omega-3 fish oils. And then really minimize your alcohol intake. You know, that's those, those five things right there are huge things that can help improve that hormonal cascade. There's some hormones that we really need to seek medical advice with, but insulin is one that we can affect with our lifestyle. So get after that insulin, get it under control, and then watch that fat disappear from that midsection. So we'll see you next week with another Mastering Your Hormones podcast. Uh, This is Get Fit with Eric. We'll talk to you next week.